Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the NOMCAST, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week, we review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course, our fellow podcasters. Check us out on the web at nomcastpod.com. Follow us on the socials at nomcastpod. And most importantly, listen and subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts. Hit that beat one time. Hello there. I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're three nerds that met through our love of science fiction and fantasy storytelling. Of course, one of our favorites is George Lucas's signature achievement, Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So here we are with yet another Star Wars podcast, where each week we discuss one of the films in the current Star Wars canon. From the sands of Tatooine to the levels of Coruscant, we cover it all. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Welcome to a new episode of Kraken One Open, regular normal edition. That's right. <laughs> we're back from vacation and talking about womp, beer womp. the normal way. But we still got a little bit of the summer in us. One last sip of the tropics, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> ben, what are we drinking today? This week, we are cracking open Hanalei. Hanalei? Hanalei? Hanalei. Probably should have looked I, that up before you said it. Eh, whatever. <laughs> Island IPA from Kona Brewing Company, which was founded by Cameron Healy and his son, Spoon Kalsa, which I struggled with last time we covered Kona, and I still don't know how to pronounce it now. Uh, this founding father-son duo, quote, had a vision to reflect the spirit, culture, and beauty of Hawaii in a collection of local island craft beers. So in 1994, they set out for the big island to bring their dream to life, end quote. And 25 years later, Kona has become one of the best-selling craft beer brands in the world. In the world? The world. Everyone wants a little taste of Hawaii, man. Mm, who wouldn't? So Kona is really big on aloha. It's not just the hello or goodbye that we mainlanders usually assume it to be. It means love and welcome and just a general feeling or way of life. Aloha is the idea that we are all connected to everyone and everything around us and that true joy is found in respecting this connection. So Kona says that despite their global success over the years, they've managed to stay true to their Hawaiian roots through innovation, sustainability, and community outreach. So that means going green is really important to Kona. To paraphrase from their website, because the future of Mother Earth depends on the way we treat her, we brew our beer sustainably and use solar energy to power our Big Island brewery. They have on-site gardens to recycle their water, and they even use their leftover grains by baking them into pizza crusts for the Kailua Kona Brew Pub. I do think I remember you telling me that last time. And if we ever go to Hawaii, I would love to go to that. I oh, think that'd be so cool. For sure. 
They have also dramatically reduced their reliance on transportation for fuel for uh, raw materials, packaging, and distribution by bottling, canning, and producing beer for the mainland at affiliated mainland breweries. So this practice allows consumers to get the freshest and most sustainable beer possible from them, which totally makes sense. I don't understand so instead <laughs> inst- instead of brewing everything and bottling or canning it in Hawaii and shipping it out, right? They have other breweries on the continental U.S. do it for them. Oh, okay, yep, that does make sense. Yeah, so I was going to wonder when you said they they like to be conscious of that. I was like, I don't know how when Hawaii imports everything, but yeah, yeah. all right, that makes yeah. sense then. Right. Which also makes sense as to why we think that Universal. Mm-hmm. Gets Kona. Which is another reason why I chose this beer for this week. I figured because it's related to Universal. But you got to think about, I don't know if California has a Volcano Bay. I know they were thinking about it, but I do know that. I So I'm part of the Universal Junkies uh, Facebook group. Mm-hmm. I've never seen. It's, it's actually pretty rare that people talk about Universal Hollywood, but when they do, they never mention a water park. I don't think there is. I think there were plans for it, which I don't yeah. think ever happened. Uh, but I believe that, or, or I believe it's my theory that if Kona is on the continental, mm-hmm. then I'm sure that they get beer. I'm sure Kona is used at Hollywood studios as well. Yeah. And so they probably are able to then have a deal with Kona if they're close to Hollywood studios. It would make sense. Because there are a bunch of locations that sell just the regular Kona at mm-hmm. Universal, even in Florida. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kona was on tap at NBC that we were talking about. NBC. It was available at not Lombard's, not Mythos. One of the other bars. Mm-hmm. I believe Kona is at one of the Harry Potter bars is yep. one of the beers. So yep. like it all kind of makes sense. Yeah. It tracks. Interesting. Interesting. So back to Hanalei. I love that Kona provides kind of an origin story for the inspiration behind the brew. They say, on the north coast of Kauai, the perfect crescent shape of Hanalei Bay tucks up against the lush green mountains streaked with waterfalls fed by the warm Pacific rain. Can you just like feel that description? Do you make me want to go back on vacation? This is the Hawaii of your dreams. Launch your kayak into the calm blue waters at the historic pier and take in the iconic view of the white sand beaches, the small village of Hanalei, the Makana Mountain, famously known as Bali Hai, towering above you. Paddling out from this bay to Napali Coast or the Hanalei River, you will discover more natural wonders that can only be seen as you glide through the water. With the sun above and your troubles behind, you might just feel like this place is as close to paradise as you'll ever get. End quote. <laughs> Dang. I want to go to there. <laughs> <laughs> so according to the website, Hanalei Island IPA has a rating of 40 IBUs, which is on the lower end for India Pale Ales, and its special ingredients include passion fruit, orange, and guava. So I'm expecting this to be a really nice, only slightly bitter IPA with amazing tropical fruity notes. I'm very interested to see what it tastes like with the actual guava, mm-hmm. papaya, and you said papaya, right? Nope. Uh, passion fruit, orange, Ooh, and guava. Me, I'm interested to see what the real passion fruit and guava 
is going to do for the IPA since we have always had hops that mimic mm-hmm. both of those. Eh, maybe not so much passion fruit, I think, but definitely the guava. For sure. Yeah, I'm interested to see what those are going to do to actually enhance that kind of flavor compared yeah. to a hop that mimics it to the actual juice. Mm-hmm. So this beer clocks in at an easy drinking 4.5% ABV. It's brewed with pale two-row premium malts and caramel 120 malts. And the hops used include Millennium, Azaka, and Galaxy. Woo! <laughs> so Millennium hops are actually new for the podcast. Oh my Woo-hoo! God. Hold on, let me take my notebook. Hold on. <laughs> Gotta blow off the dust on it. <laughs> so unsurprisingly, Millennium hops were released in 2000. They are a direct descendant of Nugget Hops and are considered very similar to Columbus. They were basically bred out of a desire for greater disease resistance and better storage stability. Millennium Hops also work well as a bittering hop, considered mild in character with the ability to impart herbaceous notes and elements of resin as well. Ooh, I do like me some resin hops. Mm-hmm. They work very well in American ales as well as stouts, surprisingly. Azaka hops are named after the Haitian god of agriculture. Azaka is a dwarf bittering hop that some brewers say is similar to New Zealand bred varieties of hops. And I think I mentioned this before, but dwarf hops are named as such because they are specifically bred to be shorter plants that can be hand picked at the time of harvest, allowing the plant to stay connected to its root system instead of being ripped out of a trellis like the normal size plants would be. You did go over that once. Although my next, my first question was going to be, what's a dwarf plant? But then as you were (laughs) describing it, I was like, nope, she has gone over that. Yep. And being smaller is also thought to make them less susceptible to powdery mildew, wilt, and root rot. Root rot. Root rot. Uh, So Azaka hops have a pleasant mix of tropical fruits and citrus. On the palate, it's a little spicy with notes of mango, papaya, pineapple, orange, lemon, grass, and pine. Ooh. Very versatile. And then last but not least, we have Galaxy. Your favorite, or your current favorite at least. Make it so. (laughs) Galaxy hops are a unique Australian brand of hop that is descended from a German variety called Pearl. But what makes Galaxy unique is that it has the highest percentage of essential oils in the industry. It was first commercially produced in 2009 after nine years of testing, and it quickly gained popularity within Australia as well as overseas. It has amazing citrus, peach, and passion fruit aromas and is best used as a late addition. And the flavor is very intense right when you use it. And then it kind of mellows out as it matures. I don't know if I've ever tasted peach off a Galaxy Hop. Mm, True. We'll see. You do know why I said make it so when we talked about Galaxy Hops, right? Galaxy. Yeah. Because the Enterprise D is a Galaxy class starship. I did it for hey, you so you, you called yourself it. out. <laughs> <laughs> so Galaxy Hops have a flavor flavor profile that is very fruity, like passion fruit, apricot and key lime, citrus and black currant, uh, but no real floral or spicy notes, making them very much in demand and thus can be hard to come by. Kona also gives a food pairing, which I always appreciate. Nice. 
Uh, it seems like the ones that have restaurants attached to them have the food pairings. True. I almost wonder if it's because they want to get their chef more involved. Yeah. With the with the beer. That's a very good uh, observation. Thanks. Every once in a while. You know, <laughs> I got them. <laughs> uh, so they note that this is a lighter beer. Hanalei IPA pairs perfectly with any seafood, tacos, pizza, or pasta dish. Interesting. All the things I imagine they sell at the Kona Brewery. Basically. And Hanalei Island also won the bronze medal in the Best of Craft Beer Awards in 2017 in the category of American style fruit beers, which piqued my interest. Oh, so we're looking at a fruity boy then when we get. Yeah. All right. And that's what I got. Well, also you got beers. Should I go grab them? Yeah. Dope. Dope. You ready to crack this open? Let's do it. If I can. I'm terrible. at. We're doing bottles. I'm terrible. I can't. Oh, yep. That didn't. Oh, wow. You took a while. Yep. I also don't know if the microphone picked that up as well as we hoped. Oh. It was a very small sound. It was. Yeah. I it guess the there's light carbonation, I assume. I just love glass bottles. Listen, I, I know, know glass can't be recycled infinitely like ever, like cans. But there's something to be said about drinking beer from oh, a bottle. God. Glass bottle can. Uh, glass bottles are so much better than cans. Although I get that cans are now lined and you don't get that tinny taste you used mm-hmm. to get from cans. But uh, you can't beat the bottle, man. I know. Because you can't drink from a can because the top isn't lined. So the top still gives you the smell of tin when you drink it, which affects the taste I and smell that. of your beer. Glass doesn't have that, so you can drink right from the glass. And best part, it's got the best cheers. But Yee. we can't cheers these bottles. Or maybe we can double cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Woo. All right. Now let's pour it in the glass and see what it right. looks like. And then cheers again. It is. Ooh, actually, very light golden color. I actually thought it would be lighter. This is pretty much about what I thought it would be. It is just a smidge darker than I thought it would be, but. Being that it is an IPA, I suppose it is pretty much spot on with where it should be. A nice little little head, not too foamy, because you got a light beer here. I get a really nice mix of tropical fruit and resin right off the nose. Yeah, it actually just smelled like straight up candy, almost like a runt type candy at first. <laughs> but then I got a lot of resin. It's got a nice smell. Definitely not like a normal IPA smell. Yeah. I mean, like I told you, I'm I was super excited for this after doing all the all the research, the beer search. <laughs> sometimes the IPAs have that kind of dank, kind of weed smell, even like mm-hmm. lingering behind all the other smells we talk about. And I don't really mention it because it's just beer. Mm-hmm. But this really doesn't have that. I'm just smelling resin and that fruit. And it, it still kind of has that candy backbone to it. I'm really excited. Let's dig in. Cheers. Cheers. Or aloha. Aloha. Eh. Is that cheers? In- no, I don't think so. God damn it. I need to watch more rock Instagram. I'm sure he said it when he uh, has his I think he says salute. Does he say salute? Yeah. Oh, well, then maybe it's. Uh, well, I doubt it, but salute. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, wow. That's a lot more bitter on the, the forefront that I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I was expecting no bitterness. That's actually a little, that's actually a pretty bitter beer. Yeah. But I like it. Well, but then, but like then it. it like really like mellows out into some sweet tropical notes. Now let me ask you this. Yes. Did it also feel like the beer disappeared off your tongue? A little bit. It just felt like I took a first sip and it, I I know I swallowed the beer, Yeah, but I didn't it's feel It's almost like swallow. it evaporated. Yeah. 
That's really cool. I, oh, very few beers have had that kind of effect. And it and usually is the bitterness in the, the bubbles. Yeah, I wouldn't expect that from the very light carbonate. It had a very small head. Like, yeah, but look at how small the bubbles are and how fast they're moving. That's true. Oh, man. Remember when, when we were talking about that article about the the guy that was like doing research on the bubbles in champagne? Yes. I wonder what how many bubbles are in this. <laughs> a lot, and they move fast, and they're very small. But yeah, it really feels like the beer evaporates as soon as it hits your tongue. I feel like it's the mix of the bitterness and those small, quick carb that small quick carbonation. Yeah, it's really cool. But also, this beer is really refreshing because of it. Mm-hmm. Because all you get going so down good. your throat is like coolness from the cold beer, mm-hmm. and the bitterness is all on the front of my tongue. I'm not getting much past the middle. Now, granted, I just came off of watching. No time to die before we started recording this. Mm-hmm. And I ate an entire large popcorn by myself. So you killed your tongue a little bit. <laughs> I didn't put extra salt on this time, though. Oh, proud of you. Right? I would have. <laughs> I normally would have as well. I just forgot and I couldn't go down. But I really don't get anything on the back end of my tongue in terms of the bitterness. No, I think you're accurate in that. And I did not participate in said popcorn binging. So exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. It's really the way this hits your tongue is very unique. Yeah. And that it evaporates as soon as it hits your tongue. The sweetness is, I think, throughout your tongue, but the bitterness is only the front. Right on the front. And what you swallow because it feels like you evaporated is like it's almost like you're just swallowing coolness, Mm -hmm. which for a Hawaiian beer, like a tropics location is perfect. Like a great summer beer, a great beer to have on vacation a great beer that would have uh this would have been a great beer a couple weeks uh, a week ago Mm -hmm. on vacation when we were in florida it's just really really light refreshing refreshing and and interesting interesting yes (laughs) but it's not so sweet that you can't have it with like a meal oh like you can i can have this with fish tacos i could have this with i could have this with pizza the thing about having it with pizza though is it would kill it this is such a light, refreshing beer. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would get anything out of the beer anymore after I started eating pizza. Yeah. Unless like I took a long time in between sips. Yeah. Like if I ate a bite, waited five minutes, took a sip of beer, waited five minutes, ate my pizza. I like if it, I was really chilling and stretching out the It meal. also depends on what kind of pizza it was because you tend to get more loaded more in like unique pizzas human beings tend to get red pizzas and that would ruin it right off the bat any pizza with red sauce yeah well i'm i I was gonna say like anything like a margarita pizza would be fine with this see i don't i i don't disagree that any pizza would be fine with this you're gonna eat your pizza and enjoy your pizza and have refreshing beer but you won't get the minutia of the no i think the i think the tropical notes would be lost on it a white pie like a clams casino, maybe, mm-hmm. or a mashed potato without the bacon, or a garden, a garden pizza without the balsamic. Yeah, because the balsamic is very bitter as well, so that mm-hmm. would kill this. That would kill this taste. It's true, but the balsamic would be an interesting episode. I'm just thinking, right off the top of my head, the balsamic would be a good uh, kraken because uh, it's the most unique beer. Um, that's in the <clears throat> vault, though, right? No, he he's brought it back a couple times in Area 2 now. Oh, yeah? We're talking about a uh, two-roads beer called Fasamic. Obviously, two-roads. Uh, Phil Markowski <laughs> makes with 
balsamic vinaigrette or vinegar, which is ridiculous. And yep. I wanted to avoid this beer at all costs for like years. And then I finally tried it a couple of years ago and I was like, wow. Yeah. It's actually really good. Yep. And I hate balsamic vinegar. With like, I love balsamic vinegar. It's my favorite dressing. I eat it on salads five days a week. But I won't kiss her after she eats it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I actually had the first iteration of balsamic back in 2012 or 2013 at one of uh, my best friend Brittany's uh, family parties. Right. Um, you were saying how good it was. It was so good. And everyone else at the party hated it. I basically had the bottle to myself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, then it was a few years later and you had had it a couple times and I just never really even bothered to try it because mm -hmm. you said I might not like it. I just assumed. Yeah. Because... And then I finally tried it because they just had it on draft that area too. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm I'm trying some years. And I tried it. And I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. And uh, ever since then, we've both kind of shared in it. Mm -hmm. And Urban Funk has a little bit of that. A little bit, yeah. I mean, it's not made with balsamic vinaigrette, but it has a little bit of that. Funk. Funk. Yeah. That same kind of idea to it. But I think something like that would kill this beer, this Kona. Yes. Uh, for sure. I think that a white pie would be good, but a pizza you'd have to eat slowly. Fish tacos would be fantastic with this beer. Oh, yes. I think that chicken wings would be great if your hot sauce is mild and neutral. Mm-hmm. Or is like parm garlic. Okay. I think that anything that's a, a fruity flavor, like a mango habanero or uh, what, are, uh, like at Dockside, I've been having the Korean barbecue wings. Mm -hmm. Those would kill it. Anything kind of fruity as a sauce would kill this beer, I think. Yeah. So I think you have to be very careful what you eat if you really want to experience the full flavors of this beer. Mm -hmm. And that resin, the fact that the only sweetness, I think, Almost, I mean, obviously there's some sweetness in, in general um, from the wheat and the grains and, and the mash. I mean, you're always going to have a sweetness to beer. Beer has sugar in it and innately has sugar. But I think the sweetness you taste is the resin from the hops, um, specifically the galaxy hops. And it's such a light sweetness. Mm -hmm. uh, I really like that. Uh, you don't taste, I don't think, any sweetness from the guava. Which is interesting because guava is usually I wonder the if it, sweetness. Yeah, but com so combined with the Millennium Hops, which were compared to Columbus and the Azaka, I wonder if the guava serves to kind of tone that bitterness down. Oh, you think this beer would be more bitter without it? Mm -hmm. Maybe, yeah. I don't get a lot of the passion fruit. No. Uh, the passion fruit, I don't get a lot. I get the taste of guava for sure. Which I like the taste of guava. I think mm -hmm. we both like the taste of guava. Indeed. Um, I don't want to bring about the two roads again, but they just did a seltzer <laughs> and we were 100% sure. That it was guava. Did we ever find out if we if we won that contest I don't think not? they've I don't announced. Think they announced it. They don't announce it until they do the. The following contest? Until they make the net, until they actually put it into production, I don't think. Oh, okay. So for those who don't know, Area 2 does mystery seltzers every once in a while mm -hmm. for their H2 roads. And the mystery seltzers usually sold to Area 2. And when you go to that campus and you have the mystery seltzer, you have the ability to vote on what flavor you think it is. Yeah. And we were both pretty convinced it was guava, guava. but we don't know yet, <clears throat> but that's because we both like guava and this does have that kind of taste. And not only that, it was kind of like the hot flavor of the summer. It's my favorite runt flavor. I'm pretty sure the hearts and runts were guava flavored. Oh, 
Ooh. I'm I'm pretty sure. I'm not positive. But heart we'll runs have to look were, into that. Heart runs were always my favorite run. I mean, everybody likes the banana. The bananas are fun, but hey. heart runs were always my favorite. I do like the heart runs. It's been a mad long time since I had runs, to be completely honest. Love runs. Shout out to runs. <laughs> hey, runs. If you listen to this podcast. Make a beer. We'll sponsor you. Oh, my God. A runs beer. Make a banana runs beer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. You'd love that. I love banana beers. I love banana beers. Whatever happened to that innocent gun one? Didn't they make like a banana bread kind of taste in beer? They have the, two main ones. Or no, maybe I'm thinking of the raisin, raisiny one. Yeah, they have a very raisiny one. One day we'll do innocent gun. I'd have to do my research on the history of the brewery, but I do really love both of the the mainline innocent guns that they put out. I don't mm-hmm. know if they put out other ones, but I haven't seen innocent gun around in a while around here. Not anywhere. since the non big name. Um, liquor store closed around here right sad face i'd have to look around again see if it's still around but no this beer is absolutely fantastic it's it's great for the summertime but i would still drink it during the winter just as like a refreshing mm-hmm. beer it's a great party beer to have because oh, it's yeah. low abv but it's really tasty and, and i think this would appeal to a pretty general audience i was gonna say non-beer drinkers as long as they don't absolutely loathe beer yeah would maybe be okay with this like if you're if you're like bud light all the way then a, what are you doing listening to this podcast? And B, it probably wouldn't appeal to you. <laughs> See, I'd beg to differ. I think like my brother really only likes mainstream beers for the most part, but there are some better beers he has liked. Mm-hmm. I think he would really like this Kona. Okay. I think the bubbles are fun. It's light bitterness. Yeah, I, I, I think the bitterness is there on the front of your tongue, but I also think that Budweiser and... Like some of the beer propers that aren't the light beers mm-hmm. are very bitter. Uh, they are bitter beers. People just don't think about it because the bitters of like a normal IPA bite everywhere. That's true. And this is just the front. And I think that that's most uh, like like a lot of beers like that, that coppery kind of metal, mm-hmm. how it only affects the front of your tongue. And I think this beer would be great to start someone down. A craft beer kick. I think a lot of the Konas would because a lot of the Konas are unassuming, refreshing beverages that I think that you can kind of enjoy whether or not you like craft beers. Because I think a lot of people just think craft beer as New England IPA or West Coast IPAs, which Mm -hmm. are rather hard difficulty beers. If this was a video game, that'd be the hard difficulty. Yeah. But this is kind of like the medium. This is kind of like medium or it's still easy. This will ease you into a, a nice beer very easily, mm-hmm. much like what we assume their their beer is at Volcano Bay. Yep. Um, with that blast, the Volcano Blossom, with that hibiscus, hibiscus sweetness. Sweet notes. Yeah. Like, I think even Alex, my brother, would like that beer. Oh, he would definitely, yeah. Like, these beers really ease you into it. They show you that there's a craft beer world where not everything has to be an IPA, but it can be good and refreshing and delicious. I mean, this is also an IPA. Mm-hmm. But not in the way that I think most yeah, people I've, think like an IPA has to be. That's true. Which is yeah, why you have to expand your mind. One. Yeah. Like you've had like one or two you didn't like, but not every beer like that is like the beer you had before. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had beers that I've absolutely despised. Not many on this podcast. I actually don't know if there's been any that I've straight up despised on the podcast there have been a few where you where you like showed me a stink face and i was like "Ooh." (laughs) (laughs) there have been a few where i've been like on the line but most of them i kind of warm up to or a couple of them i can 
I'm like, this isn't for me, but I don't absolutely hate it. Like, mm-hmm. I'll finish the four pack we have. Yeah. Uh, but even in like the real world, like even if I have a type of beer where it's like, ugh, I hate that. I've always gone back and tried the other versions of it. Yeah. Which I implore people to do, especially with this beer from Kona. Go try a Kona IPA. Mm-hmm. If you don't like the regular IPAs that you've been seeing around, like the New England area from like Brooklyn or, you know, Two Roads or New Belgium, any of the big New England ones or any of the big West Coast yeah, guys. Yeah, the quote unquote big like beer. Like Sierra Nevada or yeah. stuff or Anchor Steam. Go get this Kona as an IPA and try it and say, oh, well, there can be IPAs that I do enjoy. Mm-hmm. And this is one. This is one. So the bottle is a bottle. It's awesome. It's a bottle. I love the Kona bottles. Kona bottles are very sleek. They kind of, they don't have that they're, like. They're kind of retro. Them. They just kind of go like, whoop. They're very smooth from tip to bottle. Uh, they don't have that weird little dip where the neck is where it like kind of does a corner. Mm-hmm. And I love that the bottle has. Liquid Aloha. Liquid like Aloha. Embossed on embossed it. Embossed on the actual glass bottle. And. The islands of Hawaii themselves mm-hmm. is really cool and it's really a very interesting. Nice touch. And it's really kind of a, a baller move. It's kind mm-hmm. of like a uh, like a we don't just get generic can bottles. We emboss our own cans. Be it like that's that's a baller move right Be-a-yach. there. That's <laughs> so cool. I can't think of any other can that really or any other bottle that really embosses on the glass. No, like that. I don't think I've ever seen it. Does Bud Light have a crown or Bud no. have a crown on the bottles? I don't think so. Someone else has something embossed on it, but yeah, it's very rare, if mm-hmm. ever. And I think that's really dope. Along the neck, you get an orange. This one's got an orange band around the neck. Everything's got a little band around the neck, but different colors. And then it says Kona Brewing with their little symbol. And there's a little symbol that has a little lizard on it. Mm-hmm. He's a little yellow lizard. <laughs> and then on the right side of that neck label, it says Take in the laid back tropical flavors that feel like gliding through the calm waters of Hanalei Bay below lush green waterfall streaked mountains. Paradise is just a sip away. One life, right? So it goes across all the neck. And then you got the logo, which has a mountain in the background and the, the logo itself, the entire banner wrap is cut around that mountain, which is really nice. It's got a nice little cut to it. It's a very nice touch, creative touch. And it's just a, a, a nice little colorful watercolor of the mountains. This might be the brewery because you see all this. The Is that a windmill? No, that's just a water fountain. I'm sorry. That's just a waterfall that looked like it could be a, a solar power fan. Get the mountains with waterfalls coming down and a couple of river uh, like uh, paddle boat guys going up the shore with the, on a dock and a small town behind them. Mm-hmm tropical plants in front of them bordering the entire thing and it says Hanalei IPA Island IPA it's like a 1950s kind of like visit Hawaii brochure uh, it painting. is I love the vibe of it and then you've got passion fruit orange guava as a little logo on the left corner mm-hmm. letting you know what fruits they used uh, all the government stuff and the regular barcode is on the left and on the right you've got the government warning and then they put the uh, pack the package date front and center. This is packaged at ten thirty four on August seventeenth, twenty twenty one. Nice. And you can visit them at conabrewingco.com. Simple but effective. It really gives you their bottles. Just really show you like this island vibe. Every single one 
they're very similar, but obviously a different image and different colors on their kind of bands. Mm-hmm. But I love Kona. And this one again. Kona has never done us wrong. Never. It's a national brand. Like you said, it's one of the biggest breweries in the world, apparently, which I didn't know. Although you probably said it last episode. I'm still like, probably <laughs> you wouldn't think a Hawaiian brewery would be one of the biggest breweries in the world. Eh, why not? No, I, whatever. <laughs> I was surprised when I heard Sierra Nevada was one of the biggest breweries, the like craft mm. breweries, because they were like, I guess the first, they're the main, they're what everybody mm. like kind of looks up to. Um, and much like Sierra Nevada, everything Kona puts out is golden. Solid, yeah. It's amazing. We've actually, we've never done Sierra Nevada for the, the cast before. Have we never done a Sierra Nevada? Nope. That's interesting because I've had a lot of, I have it's tried ad- pretty much... Anything I see this Sierra Nevada, I try. I've had probably at least half a dozen, if not more, Sierra Nevadas. Yeah. I guess I've been kind of avoiding them because they're kind of like bigger. That would be quite an episode. Yeah. Because you'd have to go over the history. Yeah. And then you'd have to go over the beer after that. I think that would be a multi-part series. Probably. Or that would be a six-pack. That would be a two-episode six-pack series at the very least. Yeah. But we're talking about Kona. And Kona's amazing. (laughs) And unfortunately, around here, we don't get as much Kona to do a six-pack series. No. But we get them kind of one at a time. They kind of come through. There's always at least one version of Kona available Mm -hmm. at a time. Yeah, because I was looking on the website and some of the varieties that they have sound really good, but they definitely were not available at our our store. Well, like I said, one day we may end up going to Hawaii. (laughs) Who knows when? Who knows where? I mean, I know where Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to say anything, but yeah. (laughs) Uh, But I mean, if they're on the main island, then if they're on the island of Hawaii. Easy stop. Easy stop. Are they in Honolulu? I don't think their address is on here. I don't believe so. Their address is not on here. It's kind of foolish for a brewery that also has a restaurant you want to go to. Either way. Well, at the very least, we can... Note that it was brewed in either Portland, Oregon or Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Ooh, I didn't even notice that. I, I totally ignored. And mahalo for drinking responsibly. Damn it. <laughs> I'm supposed to go over the bottle facts. Uh, it looked like the boring stuff. Uh, although that's really interesting. I, it's brewed by Kona in Portland, Oregon and Port or Portsmouth, uh, New Hampshire. Yeah. So does that mean there's a Kona tap room there? Because most of them, if they brew at another brewery's location, they'll give that brewery credit for brewing for them. Yeah. I've never seen a brewery that didn't do that. Who knows? We'll have to go to Portsmouth. New Hampshire's less, only a couple hours away. I was going to say less of a drive than driving to Hawaii, which is or actually Oregon. <laughs> an impossible drive because it's across the water. Uh, or Oregon, yeah. Interesting. But yeah, if you're in the Hawaii area, go visit Kona, but if you're anywhere in America, I'm sure you can pick this up. Yeah. If you see this on tap or basically any Kona brew on tap, get it. Get it. Every Kona we've ever had is great. It's so good. We believe that the Volcano Bay beers are inspired by it. Mm-hmm. If you want a taste of summer, go get it. And it's. There's there's such good beers that you can have it year round. Oh, absolutely. They might not be like fill you with ideas of Christmas, but. If you're inside, there's still like a decent beer you want to try. Yeah. And always refreshing. It's nothing that's going to scream like summer, 
not something that would scream like you can only have this in the summer and enjoy it. Yes, that's true. The Volcano Bay one, if they do make it for them, is definitely would scream summer. It's just hibiscus. But most of their mainline ones that we've had like in Bottle Here, yeah, are don't scream. They are very summery, but they don't scream summer like some other beers. It's true. That's all I got. That's all I got. So, uh, I guess thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, share it with your friends, and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on Kraken When Open dot uh, com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Kraken When Open, or shoot us an email at Kraken When Open at gmail dot com with any comments, questions or suggestions, because we always want to hear from you. That's right. Like, please, come on, let's go. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear some weird breweries that we can get out here that we didn't know we can get it here. Right? Or that you can legally send us here, and we would love to try it. It'd be pretty cool. <laughs> so we're all about, when we get big, we'll come visit you guys. <laughs> uh, or if you're a brewery and you want to do a Zoom call talking about your beers, we'll do that too. Yeah. Even if you can't get us your beers, we'll like, we'll, we'll find we'll a way to get them. <laughs> we'll drink something else and 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 just talk or whatever. Yeah, we'll always talk to you guys about like beer and what you guys are doing. We always want to learn. Mm-hmm. So what else you got to plug? Buy my audio books. I'm on Audible. Michael Butler, look me up. I've got Sour Coffee at Midnight, The Final Girl. Progressive Entrapment and the Murder of or the Mystery of Kelly Christopher. Uh, these are all books that are available on Audible that are Halloween themed. It is October, Spooktober. It's time to get spooky, <laughs> y'all. I don't get paid until you get my books, which is the spookiest thing of all. Uh, I've put tons of work into narrating these books as best as I can and really putting my own acting kind of chops forward. And doing the accents, doing voices. It's really cool. I don't write them, but I talk about them. And I think some of these books might fall into your kind of love of Halloween. You know, Final Girl Slasher, Sours, kind of Evil Dead, Appalachian Southern kind of a book. Uh, Progressive Entrapment is gross out horror. If you like the grossest gross of horror, if you're like you subscribe to Shudder Lifetime, <laughs> that's your kind of book. Um, and uh, the Mystery of Kelly Christopher is about podcasters looking for uh, an old horror actress and what ha- might have happened to her. And it's a it's a mystery about that. These, these are all kind of Halloween themed books that you can look up. I've also got other books, uh, sci fi or like a Guy Ritchie type novel to do British accents called Switch Art, Fraud and Gangsters, which you can check out all on Audible. Check them out. And uh, I got two podcasts, Forgotten Cinema. There's my buddy Mike Field, where we talk about forgotten films that seem to be forgotten by audiences. Uh, that's available as well and two player bros a podcast i did with my buddy dave sometimes my brother alex where we had talked about video games if you want to listen to those episodes all those are available on forgottenentertainment.com nice and a special thanks for our theme which was composed and performed by joe reichert until next time cheers cheers hello oh wait Aloha. Aloha. Or salute. (laughs) (laughs) Something about that.